Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. I am your host, Andrew. As always, I got my co-host, Matt and Vitor, here as well. Week one is over. The Jets, unfortunately, walked out of Charlotte with a loss, 19-14. to But there's a lot of interesting topics to break down, a lot of things to cover. We're going to jump right into it, get a quick review of the Panthers game, finish it up with a little preview of the Patriots game next Sunday, finish it with some score predictions for the Patriots game as well. Guys, let's jump into the Panthers review. Matt, why don't you go ahead and talk to me about the offensive line? So about that offensive line, uh, that was horrible. Uh, but it wasn't just the offensive line. It was pretty much everybody that had the task of blocking and protecting Zach from tight ends to running backs to the offensive line all across the board. Everybody was horrible and they need to do so much better or else Zach isn't going to make it to the bye week. He, he will be injured before we even know it. It's, it, it's, it isn't going to last long the way they, they played. Uh, And they just didn't look like they were really aware of what they needed to do from coverage calls to uh, uh, about just like knowing who's being passed to them in stunts and twists. Uh, They just looked very out of sorts. Uh, We can maybe uh, chalk this up to maybe not getting enough time together in the preseason camp uh, with AVT being hurt. Beckton was hurt a little bit, uh, and then Moses missed some time as well. So it, we can maybe chalk it up to that. Uh, but at the same time, they need to do better. They can't put on a showing like that again. Um, what are some things that you guys think that they should improve on? Yeah, honestly, it, it was very disappointing, the, the performance by the O-line. In the offseason, some guy named Vitor said the Jets had the best O-line in the division, and this is not looking good right now. On the inside, McGovern and Van Roden, man, they did not play well. Fred Zucker, rookie, did not play well. And honestly, I felt like the line got better once they moved Fan to left tackle. And I feel like, I know Backton is out, but Fan and Moses might be better than Mo- than Fan and Backton. 
Backton is light years better than Fant at light at left tackle, but Fant at right tackle, he was just awful. And Moses improved the running running game from the very first moment. So with Fant, Moses, and I feel like with an improver at Tucker, the line has only one direction to go. That's training upward, upwards. The problem is Van Roten and McGovern. They have played 17 games for the New York Jets. And they were the big acquisitions by Joe Douglas this season, and they haven't played well. I know that this is a new system. I know they haven't played together with Fair Tucker, but these two guys, they have played together for a long time. It's a full season together, a full offseason together, and it looks like they still can't put it together. Uh, McGovern said today in a press conference that they were expecting, in a post-game presser, they were expecting some sort of pressure I think what he meant is he knew that their D-line would be in attack mode, just like the Jets like to play attack and not reading and playing two gaps. They were just attacking the young quarterback. Yes, he knew it, but they have to be better. The Patriots are coming. They do a lot of twists and stunts, just like the Panthers did, and it's not going to get any easier. Yeah, it's definitely not going to get any easier. And I want to make a point, just so we're all on the same page here. The only one that can make the excuse of not being up to speed is Elijah Vera Tucker, because the other four of five offensive linemen all played together last year. This is yep. not, this is not like a, a, a new line and there's all these new pieces getting together. These are guys that have known each other. These are guys that have played together that have been in the offense the whole time, just as long as anybody else that shouldn't happen. When you have four of your five guys that are playing a specific, Specifically, the main communication issues, at least from my viewing, and I saw from the stands and haven't been able to get through to the film yet, but from being there live, the main communication issue for me, it seemed like it was between McGovern and Van Roten. And specifically, the two of them had a lot of trouble with stunt pickups. There were issues with setting protections where on the first sack where Brian Burns came unblocked, Van Roten and McGovern are blocking one guy together and leaving Brian Burns unblocked. And it's that's that's a problem. And I we don't know this for sure, but we don't know who sets the protections in the scheme. My bet would be Connor McGovern because Zach Wilson, A, is a rookie, and B, doesn't even have audible control in this offense. Michael Floor was asked about that uh, in his press conference earlier in the week before the game, and they said that they might have some plays where they have a, another call where they can can or kill, it's called, when they have two play calls at once. And Zach will go to the line and say, here's the play call, can with this. And if he decides to change that, then there's two plays he can pick from based on the defense. But he doesn't have audible control. He can't outright change plays. He can't hot route his receivers and say, you're going to go here and you're going to do this. They don't haven't given him that freedom yet. And it's, he's a rookie. It's not like there's anything wrong with Zach to where he should all have that right off the bat, but that's to be expected. Connor McGovern is a veteran center and he should be logically then the one setting protections and the protections were not set correctly. There were a handful of issues where I don't think it's so much communication. I think it's just outright being wrong and not setting the protection correctly. And that's going to be something that's going to be really tough in this coming week against the Patriots because the Patriots love to confuse offensive linemen as well as quarterbacks, especially rookies. And it's going to need a lot of time to work out those kinks and it's going to need a lot of coaching to work out those kinks. I don't think that this is just, they need to get comfortable together. I think they need to outright improve and to finish off with what you said, Vitor, I a hundred percent agree that the line played better when Bant moved to left tackle and Moses came in at right tackle. Moses was immediately an upgrade over George Fant at right tackle. And Fant, we got to remember, played left tackle before he got to the Jets. 
when he was converted from yep. a tight end, he was a left tackle in Seattle. And that's where he was comfortable building his foundation as an offensive lineman. Then you ask him to flip over to the other side and it can be difficult. And George Fant specifically has probably flipped back and forth more than everybody else because in games where he wasn't the starter uh, behind Moses in the preseason, he was the second string left tackle. So he's been bouncing back and forth all this time. I think it'll be better with Mekhi Becton being out. Luckily, only for, it seems, four to six weeks. Really looked like it was going to be a season ender at first. But with him being out four to six weeks and Fant moving to left tackle, I think that they will be better with that group than they were at the beginning of the game on Sunday. Which leads to the question, why wasn't it like that to begin with? Why wasn't Moses starting? Yeah, that is a fair question. really hard to understand that. Yeah. That's a fair that question. is a fair question. My guess is salary because George Fant was set to make, I think it's eight and a half million this year. And Moses is on a one-year deal worth up to three with incentives. And so if you're looking at it as a salary issue, that would be why, but I don't think that quite honestly, I don't think that should matter. And there's a handful of things you can criticize the coaching staff for some of which are more deserving than others. And this is definitely one that's more deserving. I can't honestly find a reason why Moses wasn't the starting right tackle. He was immediately better. When he came in. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Short sample size, but yeah, didn't give up a single pressure. No. And he was good in the run game too. The very first play he comes in, they run outside zone to the right and Ty Johnson gets 13. It was their best run of the day. And it was right behind Morgan Moses getting the ball to the outside. So not only in the pass game, but in the run game as well, he was immediately better. And I hope that maybe with Vera Tucker getting another week to get practice and, you know, be in the lineup and not be coming off an injury and George Fant and Morgan Moses in the lineup that will see a more improved offensive line next week. I'm hoping, but I'm really worried about setting the protections and, and I'm worried that that could be an Achilles heel. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, on the bright side, we did see some second half adjustments from the offense. Uh, It started out rough. It was 16, nothing at halftime game ended 1914. Uh, and we saw most of Zach Wilson's production come in the second half. He started two for 10 and finished, I believe it was 20 of 37. So he certainly had some improvements. I thought the play calling was more improved. That also helped when Moses, like we said, was in the lineup that made a difference. Uh, but overall, I really liked that we did see some adjustments and it wasn't just let's try the same old game plan again. Yeah. Defensively, I felt like the jets were more willing to pressure Darner on third downs which showed on a, like three third downs that the Jets were able to get off the field. Salah said, let's blitz. They even showed a double mug look that Andrew predict as a good one for the Jets as a game plan against Darnold. And, and it worked. You know, the defense played a lot better in the second half. I wish they could, pre- they, they showed more blitz looks in the first half. I, I thought that they let Darnold get too comfortable in the game. And offensively, I feel like LaFleur understood that he couldn't force Fed to run on early downs. He, he was like, I'm going to run no matter what. And the Panthers, man, you cannot run outside easily on the Panthers, especially if the looks they're giving the Jets. They're fast. They're playing with a lot of DBs. And the DBs were attacking the run. And they were getting to the sideline quickly. So I feel like the staff understood what they had to do. The problem is, why did, then didn't they do it early? Like, LaFleur was, like, really stubborn in the first half. But it's it's a bright spot. At least they're not adding gays who just refuse to adjust. And if the Jets went to the halftime to to halftime losing sixteen nothing on gays era, you would see like a billion handoffs to Frank Gore, and let's call it a day. I, you know, I'm glad they adjusted. See, but that first half game plan just makes the decision not to start Moses even more infuriating. Because if you're going force feed the run, 
to try and establish it, then you probably want to have one of the best run blocking right tackles that's been in the game for uh, a few years, for a couple of years. So it, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm glad they changed it, but now did they change to a, a more pass heavy second half because they had to, or because they actually wanted to make an adjustment? I think it was more a forced adjustment. Like this is something they need to do in order to actually get back in the game. Oh yeah. Agreed. But it, it's good that they, they listen to reality. Sometimes the reality forces coaches into changes and some coaches are way too stubborn and don't, they don't even do it. And I agree, Matt, they should have started a game with Moses and I'm, I'm with Andrew too. Looks like a Sarah stuff. The Jets are committed to fan salary, salary wise fan. And also I can feel, I can feel the floor thinking, Hey, Fant moves better. He could be a better fit on the outside zone and et cetera, et cetera. But the truth is Moses is a much better run blocker than Fant. Yeah, he he just outright is, quite honestly, right now at right tackle, better in both phases. And I, there really isn't much of an excuse for why he wasn't the starter. Um, but like you guys said, whether it was kind of backed into a corner that forced them into adjustments or otherwise, they still did it. And we saw a much improved game plan on both sides of the ball in the second half. Sam Darnold only had 45 yards in the second half. 45. That's it. Uh, this was a, a game, quite honestly, that should have been 30 to nothing at halftime. There was two open touchdowns that Darnold missed in the first half that were wide open. And after that, the defense clamped up. They did a lot better of a job trying to contain. It's cr- containing Christian McCaffrey's hard. He's an elite yep. player. Like that's, this that's is it. not an easy task. It's not just saying, Oh, you know, it, like we, we laid out last week, I laid out the game plan defensively. I would have loved to see them do more of it, but even then it's not like McCaffrey still wasn't going to get his and win. And I'm, they did as good of a job as they could have containing him in the second half. He got a lot of his yards early, but I liked what we saw from the defense. And most importantly, I think with this team, just above all else, they never quit. There was never a moment where even though it was 16, nothing, they never were down. They were never completely out. Like you said, it would be, uh, you know, handoffs to Frank Gore up the middle after halftime and that would be it, but they never did. And I really, I like the resilience. That's Robert Sala. That's his effect coming through. And they put up a fight until the very end in a game, quite honestly, they had no business being in. Yeah. Just seeing changes at all is such a great change. To, to actually have coaches in place that can recognize their mistakes in the game rather than uh, in the post uh, post game speech that that's that's where we want these adjustments in the game agreed agreed speaking of adjustments in the game that's going to lead us to our final point of the panthers review and that is zach wilson's comeback i think if there is anything to talk about positively from this game it is the fact that zach wilson looks like the real freaking deal to start two and 10 in your first game on the road, throw an interception and not get rattled or not get down when your pressure isn't holding up, when your receivers are dropping passes, when everything is going against you, you come back and play your best ball in the fourth quarter and get your team within five points, make two late touchdowns to you know get closer in the game. I was really, really, really impressed with Zach Wilson in specific. I want to highlight uh, the throw he made to Denzel Mims. And it's going to be a little bit of a rant, but I'm going to try and keep it a little short. That throw from Zach Wilson to Denzel Mims, I'm not kidding, is the best throw I've seen from a Jets quarterback in five years. Uh, That was exceptional 
from Zach Wilson. He stepped up in the pocket. He saw that it was a late rotation to cover two. They had a safety that had dropped down into the middle and he was expanding back outwards. It was cover two down the boundary. Dante Jackson gives Denzel Mims a free release off the line and he's running a go route. And Zach Wilson steps up in the pocket, peers to his left, sees Mims in the hole of the zone. And while getting blasted just with his arm, fires a freaking dart 40 yards downfield that hits Denzel Mims in the chest, gets them down to the goal line where they would hit Corey Davis a few plays later for the second touchdown. That throw was amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing. Not only the re- the recognition of the coverage rotation, to see that there was the hole and to exploit it, but step up in the pocket, which everyone talked about, oh, is you know, Wilson at BYU, is he going to be able to handle pressure? Steps up in the pocket and gets his clock cleaned and fires a complete and total laser. That is what made Wilson the second pick of the draft, and we saw it when it mattered most. I couldn't have been more impressed. Yeah, it was, it's very fun to see uh, Zach displace just about every giant knock on him in the draft process in one game. Uh, can he face a real defense? Yes. Can he face real pressure? Yes. And he did it with flying colors. I, I did not expect to see that kind of poise from him. Uh, and he got walloped a lot in this game and to see him come back after each hit and still have the same focus and determination that he's had in the first snap. He just kept going and going. Uh, I don't know how long he can keep that up. If he keeps getting hit like that, probably not long, but it's good to see that he's able to do that early. Yeah, and and to be completely honest with you guys, I need to see the alternate two first. But I really didn't like the game plan. I, I felt like it, it was way too much progression for Zach. Like too many progression concepts. I wish they would give Zach more easy binary reads in this game against these defense because he had to throw the ball quickly, and that's why he got pressure a lot. He was held in out his third to fourth read, and that that was a game where you couldn't give your rookie quarterback the ability or the possibility to get it to his third or fourth free. With that said, in the second half, I feel like we adjusted. LaFleur threw a lot more on early downs and Zach got comfortable. He understood he had he needed to get rid of the ball quicker. And all of the intangibles that you guys said were able to be seen, right? The ability to bounce back. He wasn't rattled. He he wasn't afraid to get hit. As you said, Andrew, on that play, he stepped up right into pressure threw the ball across his body on a body on a laser. The red zone touchdown throw to Curry Davis is just ridiculous timing throwing before the guy breaks on the outside. So I was really, really impressed with Zach. Situational wise, I couldn't think of a first game in which his situation was worse. O-line was bad. Eli Jamor was not in his best day. Curry Davis had a drop. The tight ends, oh my goodness, we couldn't run the ball. The OC was not on the same page with him, and he still fought. The Jets almost came back to win the game, so I was really, really impressed. Yeah, uh, purely off the play, I can say this from having been there. Zach Wilson was the best quarterback on the field on Sunday. Uh, that's that's just simply a fact. There were a handful of instances where Sam Darnold missed open passes. DJ Moore should have had like 200 yards in this game because he was able to get open deep on Eccles a couple of times and Darnold just missed him. There were, like I said earlier, there were a couple wide open touchdowns in the, uh, in the end zone when they were in the red zone that they missed the Panthers went one touchdown and one field goal on four red zone trips. Uh, most of Darnold's yards came on dump downs to McCaffrey or screen passes. 
This was he had the one deep bomb to Robbie with a third string off the free off the street free safety who stands flat footed in the middle of the field against a guy with Robbie Anderson's speed. All he had to do is hit him. He got Robbie was wide open, and Robbie even had to slow down to make the catch. He was just so yeah. open that it didn't matter. Uh, this was not a amazing performance from Sam Darnold to where you know he outright beat the Jets. Christian McCaffrey beat the Jets uh, more than anything else, and Zach Wilson didn't get any of that help. None whatsoever. The offensive line was struggling, like you said. They couldn't run the ball, like you said. They threw one screen pass that lost yardage, and that was it. There was no manufactured easy quick yards. He had to do everything himself, practically. And the fact that Zach Wilson, in his first game, having to do everything by himself, and he brings his team within five points, throws two late touchdowns, and has them fighting until the very end, that's really, really impressive. I'm Really excited to see how Zach progresses and continues to get better. But from the first game alone, I, I think he passed. I think he gets, uh, quite honestly, I think he gets an A. Yeah, I'm with you. Great game. I wouldn't give him an A, but it'd be plus, but a great game. Yeah, and if we're going to grade him, yeah, I'd give him a, a solid B-. minus. Uh, I, I wish he, uh, in the first half, he processed things a little bit faster. But yeah, the second half, he just came back and got it done. And that's just something we haven't seen from, let alone, uh, you know, a, a quarterback, but the Jets in general, and just so long. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. just was sitting there thinking when after Zach threw his first touchdown and they were starting to come back, and I was sitting there thinking if Sam Darnold was still on this team, at 16 nothing the game's over. And he's not going to be able to put the team on his back and make this comeback and, and will the team to a victory. Uh, quite honestly, Sam Darnold's the reason the game was in reach to start with. And I was really, really, really impressed with Zach Wilson and his ability to continue to fight, get better as the game went on, not get rattled and and just be a playmaker. And when you're a quarterback and when you're the second overall pick in the draft, it's your job to carry the team a little bit. It's your job to put the team on their back and make a play when no one else is. That's what Zach Wilson did. I, I, I really don't think you could have asked much more of him given the circumstance. Yeah, agree. Nice to, to have you know hope when everything's down, you still have that hope, and it's good to have again. Definitely, definitely. All right, well, that's going to take us into preview in the Patriots game. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. Bill Belichick is always tough on rookie quarterbacks. Patriots are coming off a loss, so you know they're going to be practicing hard. It is a home opener, so luckily it's going to be loud. I know the fans will be there uh, ready to get going, but we got some things to talk about. We're going to break it down here. First, talk about the uh, Jets linebackers against the Patriots tight ends. They had a tough game against Christian McCaffrey, and Jamie and Sherwood uh, got hurt early, and we're going to see him out for a couple of weeks. So it's going to be Delshawn Phillips in at linebacker as well with Nasrul Dean and CJ Mosley. Uh, Matt, go ahead and talk to us about covering these tight ends. Yeah, it's not going to be easy, but I feel like it's going to be a little bit easier than guarding McCaffrey. All right. Yeah, we got Johnny Smith and uh, and Howard, but it's I, I feel like they're going to have a better time doing this because they're not going to be as shifty as McCaffrey. They're not going to be as fast as McCaffrey. Uh, they're just going to have to be more physical. They're going to have to uh, show some more physicality. And I feel like CJ Mosley, even though he had a little hard time against the Panthers, I think he's going to do a little bit better here. He's going to show his leadership and he's going to shut these tight ends down. Uh, now it's, I, I, I don't want to go say that they're going to do, they're going to be incredibly uh, improved because I, they're, they're still young. They're still inexperienced. 
I didn't even know who this other linebacker is that's replacing Sherwood until he just said his name. So we're going to have a lot of inexperience in this uh, linebacker group. And I'm not, I, I'm not too encouraged, but I think that they'll, they'll have a little bit of an easier assignment. What do you guys think? Yeah. The Jets' problem against the Panthers came when they were in base. Both Hamza, Sherwood, and even Mosley, they were getting mauled in the ground game. And it's so hard to, to beat linemen and tight end that they are in personnel disadvantage. So the Jets, they played better defensively when the Panthers went three wide, and neither Michael Carter or Javelin Guidry saw the field. Against the Patriots, I feel like you're going to see less 11 and more two tight end sets. With more two tight end sets, it means the Jets will have to play on base more, which means the Patriots' offensive line will have to block Phillips and Hamza on the ground game, which is easier for them. And also, those tight ends will match up one-on-one with Mosley, Phillips, and Hamza. And there's the game. If the tight ends have a field day, if the Jets' D-line cannot penetrate and stop the run, the Patriots are going to move the ball effortlessly on the Jets. Effortlessly on the Jets. The thing is, when does Robert Sala start to adapt, show more blitz looks like it did with Darnold, or even maybe play nickel against two tight end stats against 12 personnel? With considering John O. Smith, a move tight end, you can match him up with Michael Carter, who is an aggressive physical slot defender. I feel like this is the game. The Patriots running their offense in 12 personnel against the Jets and Mates. How will the Jets hold up? Yeah, that's definitely, definitely the question. And I completely agree. They're going to be in 12 personnel a ton. And quite honestly, I think they're going to want to run the ball a lot. I think they're going to yeah. want to try and impose their will up front and keep the Jets in base. Because if the Jets can stop the run and nickel, they'll sit in nickel all day. But I don't think that's going to be what the Patriots are going to want to do. I think they're going to want to try and run the ball. I think they're going to want to try and give Mac Jones opportunities off play action. You know, same type of formula for the Jets and Zach Wilson, to be quite honest. And I'm interested to see how the linebackers hold up because quite honestly, CJ Mosley got, got pushed around on Sunday and, you know, he's playing lighter and you know, this is his first game in two years outside of the preseason. So it was maybe three quarters total of action. And, you know, this is, it's going to be some adjusting, but, but he was getting pushed off the ball and it's understandable more so for the other young linebackers, considering they were both formerly safeties to be getting pushed around in the run game a little bit, but CJ Mosley needs to be a little more stout. I hope that that will happen against the Patriots. The defensive line against the Panthers, quite honestly, wasn't as bad as maybe they looked. Uh, Michael Nanya had a great article that came out today where he was talking about their time to throw from Sam Darnold was the second fastest in the NFL. And uh, the defensive line was generating pressure on 33% of dropbacks, which factored in for the time to throw was really, really, really good. I think if the Jets can stop the run up front and the defensive line can put in work, that they'll be able to force the Patriots into holding the ball longer and not be throwing so much underneath. Um, it'll be better overall. But I want to finish really quick talking about covering the tight ends because that is the topic. I think it's going to come down to what coverages the Jets run more than anything else because they ran, they ran a lot of spot drop zone yesterday or Sunday, and it was because they quite honestly didn't really have the talent to run two things, many things that were complicated. Once Joyner got hurt and Redwine was in at free safety, it was kind of pretty vanilla. I think they're going to have to change it up, and I would love to see them run some man coverage um, and trust CJ Mosley to, or, you know, Nazaldine or somebody to cover the tight ends of man rather than worry about just dropping into zone and letting Mac Jones pick it apart. Yeah. I feel like Mac Jones would just, if you can't get pressure, Mac Jones would decipher his own coverage all day. 
about Mosley, you know, Salas said he needed to slim down. And that made sense when the Jets had Gerard Davis to play Mike. But when the Jets are starting, Hamson Asurudin and Jamie Sherwood next to Mosley, you have three guys that are very, very light for linebackers, and that means trouble. And that was the thing. Mosley was way too light, simply put, even more so when they had to play inside after Sherwood left the game. So remains to be seen how they adjust. Yeah, I think it's going to be very difficult for these linebackers to really bear down and 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 be able to stop the Patriots because I, I think they're just going to methodically move down the field constantly, just like they did against Miami. But where we can really thrive is in the red zone because I think it was only maybe twice that they scored in the red zone out of maybe nine trips. So I, I think that's where we're going to uh, have to really make our money is once we get into, once they're in scoring position, how do we react then? Yeah. We talked about that leading up to this season multiple times where we all said that the jets are going to be better in points than they are in yards. And that this might be a defense that gives up a good bit of yards and tightens up in the red zone. That's exactly what we saw against the Panthers. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had 187, you know, all purpose yards, but he didn't score a touchdown. The Panthers went technically, if you don't count the field goal, they went one for four in the red zone and they should have had, you know, it should have been better for that. It was Sam Darnold missing throws for some of it, but still they, the Jets defense did their job and got tight when the game got close, especially they had a fourth down stop in the red zone uh, against Christian McCaffrey on a fumbled snap. They recovered. They were able to do their job when it got tight. And I think that that will carry over into new England and keeping them out of the red zone is important, but when they get in it, obviously clamping down is going to be the best way to go about things. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what they do. If they do anything disguise wise to try and confuse Mac Jones. And I think that also plays into the linebackers as well, because the linebackers will be the ones moving around more than anything else. We didn't see too much of it to start with against the Panthers, but they did it a little more in the second half and it was really effective. So I'd like to see them try and, you know, beat the Patriots with their own medicine and confuse their rookie quarterback, just like they're going to be trying to confuse ours. Me too. Speaking of, they're definitely going to be trying to confuse Zach Wilson. Bill Belichick is notoriously dangerous against rookie quarterbacks. Uh, and especially with the offensive line that had a lot of trouble picking up stunts and twists last uh, last game, it's going to be a lot of pressure from Bill Belichick. It's going to be tough for the offensive line and Zach to decipher. And I would say if off the top of my head, if we're trying to think of an offensive game plan that would make sense, they really got to start featuring more screen passes. And they really got to start getting more hot reads and throwing quick and keeping pressure off because the Patriots, a lot of their pressure, there really isn't, you know, the outright dangerous pass rusher. Matt Judon, Matt Judon is good, but I don't think he's the most threatening edge player in the world. A lot of their pressure is manufactured. And so that quite honestly yeah. is scary for the Jets offensive line because they had such trouble last week, but I'm encouraged that. Zach, from what we've seen from Zach, especially now where I think he might be more aware that pressure is coming, I think he's going to be looking to get the ball out quicker and hopefully that should mitigate things, but it's going to be a tough task. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. You got Judon, Uche, Lawrence Guy, Christian Barrymore. They're going to be doing twists and stunts until we can prove that we can stop it. I want these guys practicing uh, twists and stunts all week. I want them to dream about twists and stunts because that's what's going to be thrown at them. And if they can't stop it, it's going to be a long game. 
Yeah, yeah it's going to be long. It's going to be long. Van Roten in his press conference today even mentioned that they struggled with that and that teams are probably going to keep doing it until they prove they can stop it. So at least there's the self-awareness yeah. there to recognize it. But that just because you know what the problem is doesn't mean you know how to fix it. And hopefully they can fix it within a week. But I still think it's going to cause some issues. Yeah. Honestly, you know what encourages me about Zach facing Belichick? Uh, Zach was really, really good post-snap against the Panthers. I expected yeah. a more confusing Panthers defense. They were like just aggressive, playing single high most of the time, some too deep, but they, they were just aggressive, not as much as confusing as I, as I thought. But Zach was really, really good post-snap, after the pick especially. He was able to go for his reads, understand the rotations, most of his throws were not determined pre-snap, and, and, and that gives me a lot of confidence against Belichick. Obviously, Belichick is fantastic. When he wants to fool you around, he will, but I feel like Zach won't be as clueless as Darnold wore early in his career. And honestly, you're talking about throwing hot, Andrew. It's an answer for sure, but cannot be your only plan. The game where Darnold saw ghosts, Adam Gay's game plan was throw it hot no matter what, and didn't work yeah. out. The Jets need to throw some screens. They need to do some jet sweeps. And when they know pressure is coming, they will need to keep six or seven guys in protection and allow Zach to find someone. And, and that's the thing right here. Running backs and tight ends need to be good. Matt mentioned they were awful in pass pro in this last game against Carolina. And besides that, here comes the O-line point where they have to handle the stance. Great that Van Roten acknowledges that they need to get better, but they need to play better, him especially, and McGovern. 17 games as a Jet, and nothing has happened. So week, week two, go, home opener against the Patriots, those guys, they need to be aggressive right off the, the bat and understand that passive pro is not passive. They need to be aggressive, throw their first punches. I want to see a better for Tucker. And if the O-line is average, and if the game plan's right, there are ways to move the ball against New England. Yeah, there definitely are. Uh, Visor, I want to throw something at you um, from that I saw being at the game live that maybe you didn't quite see on broadcast. The Patriot or the Panthers, excuse me, were rotating every snap. Uh, yeah, I, it, really, it, every snap, every single one. I'm not kidding. I am no hyperbole whatsoever. They were rotating every single play. They moved pre-snap every single time. And there was multiple times where corners would start deeper and then they would come up and press. You would have safeties coming down and showing single high and then dropping back. You would have the opposite where they would have too high and drop down every single play. There was pre-snap rotation, every single one. And Zach Wilson wasn't faced. Yeah, that's great. You know, it, it, it's better. It's good for me because it's more like what I predicted, but in the broadcast, exactly. angle, I was like, Ooh. I was like, mm, I don't think they're rotating as much. They're just being aggressive and manhandling our line. Actually, I was looking down to the box a lot more than, than, than deep, and you can't see deep in a broadcast angle, but it's it's good to hear that they were rotating and Zach was, was in phase, as you said. He was playing well. He understood the rotations. The ball to Denzel Mims is one ball that Zach yep. saw the, rota the rotation to too deep and got the shot hole going. Yeah, no, you were you were exactly right with your evaluation. Don't think for a second that you weren't because they were that what exactly what you laid out that they do is exactly what they did. Yeah, and and our rookie quarterback finished the game in the second half. I feel I think was 14th out of 20 for 182 touchdowns. That's good, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that was excellent. 
quite honestly, it was excellent. And it was really encouraging to see again, not to get back on Zach Wilson and talk too much about the Panthers game again, but it was really encouraging to see him not get fooled by those rotations. And it's what we talked about with him for so long. It's his processing speed. It's his ability to look at something, even if it's unfamiliar to him, and even if it might fool him and not get caught up and not get caught seeing ghosts like we've seen before or freezing because he doesn't know what's happening. It's, oh, that's not what I was expected. Okay, come off of it. That's huge. And it, it was really, really important in the Panthers game. It was really encouraging to see from him. And that rotation so complex that I don't know if there's anybody else in the league that can really throw anything at him coverage-wise that would be much more challenging than that. Yeah, not much. There's only a handful of defenses in the league that do that much rotation. And most of them are some of the better defenses in the league, to be quite honest. But he didn't seem to not know what was going on. And even if he was confused, it wasn't to the point where he was completely and totally shutting down. I think there were a handful of instances he held the ball too long, and that'll come with experience. It's, you know, it's going to happen and you're trying to make a play. But I, I was really, really happy with what I saw from him against the coverage rotations. And I think that it's going to be encouraging uh, or it's going to be daunting for the Patriots, quite honestly, to try and call some of those rotations because we've seen that Zach can exploit it when he knows what's going to happen. I think their game plan is going to be much more about trying to beat up this offensive line than confuse Zach. Yeah. All right. Well, as we talked about all season, games are won and lost in the trenches. The final point about the Patriots preview is going to be our defensive line against their offensive line. Like we talked about earlier, the defensive line did better against the Panthers than the numbers may have indicated. They only had one sack, but that's not the only number that's important. You have to factor in everything as a whole. Panthers were getting the ball out really quick. And even though they were getting the ball out quick, they were still generating a handful of hits, handful of hurries. They were doing their job. Uh, especially against a rookie quarterback and Mac Jones, they're going to have to do it again. Vitor, go ahead and tell us how the D-line can win. Well, the Patriots' whole line is a lot better than the Panthers' whole line, basically in every single spot. But they are not immune to an aggressive pass rush. And, and this is a perfect game for a Kenan Williams appearance, right? I feel like Kenan could be our defensive axe factor. Huff played well. Franklin Myers played well. Kinnan was kind of quiet. So were, so was Sheldon Rankings. Mac Jones is a quarterback that loves to step up into the pocket. It reminds me of Tom Brady in that aspect. When he faces outside pressure, he's great. He's going to step up into the pocket, hit his eyes downfield and deliver the football. But when he faces inside interior pressure, he tends to struggle. So Kinnan Williams and Sheldon Rankings, alongside the linebackers, as we were saying, are the X factors. If Williams and Rankings can penetrate the pocket, stop the ground game, make the line, the running back change his direction. And on third down, they can get to Mac Jones. These defense will play a lot better early on than they did against Carolina. Yeah. A lot of people during the game was like, where's Q? Where's Q? Everybody's expecting a huge year from Q. And he didn't really show up as much as we thought he would be. He was all right, but he definitely wasn't the dominant player that we need him to be. and. I think he really he's not a hundred percent back. I think he missed yeah. enough time where he still needs some uh, the, the knock off some of that rust a little bit. Uh, I expect him to look more like the cue we need him to be and the cue that he needs to be. Uh, whether it's this game, I'm not sure. I hope so because we're definitely going to need him to look like it if we're going to have success against that offensive line. Uh, and just looking at pressures. Uh, it looks like the Patriots gave up 16 pressures. We only gave up 18 pressures. So the fact that they're they're vulnerable, they're not 
they're, they're still a great offensive line, but they, they are not gods. We can, we can pierce that armor. Yeah, definitely can. And most importantly, and this is the, where I want to end with this, Mac Jones is not mobile enough to escape if the pressure gets home. That's we saw Zach Wilson do it plenty on Sunday. I think he probably had about seven or eight broken sacks when he was in the pocket or his ability to make people miss. Uh, there was a time when Brian Burns absolutely smoked George Fant with an inside counter and was literally in the backfield at half a second. And Wilson just abated him to the right and rolled out and was able to, it was the play where he all missed Corey Davis barely down the sideline. Uh, it, that's not something that Mac Jones is going to be able to do. And so if they can get the pressure up the middle, like you said, Vitor, because that's what Mac wants to do is step up in the pocket. If they can take away his option to step up, there's not going to be anywhere for him to go. And he's not really that good off schedule to where he's going to be making plays on the move or, you know, trying to figure something out before anything happens that the pressure can get home and they can clog the middle and take away the lane to step up. They're going to be able to eat. I, it's going to have an effect. The difference between him and Zach Wilson is that Zach Wilson can evade pressure, roll out to his right and find Corey Davis, 20 yards downfield for a touchdown. Mac Jones can't do that. And if the pressure gets home, they will get to, they will sack him. See, but I yeah, think it's going to be agree. absolutely. I think it's going to Patriots going to, sort of take a page from the the Panthers and not even give our defensive line a chance to pressure him. He's, like, he's going to get the ball out quickly. He's going to do check downs. Uh, they're going to manufacture production quickly. Uh, so I, it's, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how they react to that. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely will be. Um, I'm, Certainly looking forward to seeing how the defense maybe does some adjustments to confuse uh, Mac Jones. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but I'm going to mention it again here. I understand that there was some young players or some new players that were not, didn't have much action that were starting on Sunday, but the jets need to get a little more confusing with their defense. They need to, they need to throw a couple more things at some quarterbacks and make it a little harder to decipher pre-snap or at the very least, if you're going to show something pre-snap, do something different post-snap. Because there were a lot of times when the Jets were lining up and it looked like they were in cover three and then ball was snapped and they were in cover three. Or it looked like they were in uh, cover two and the ball was snapped and they were in cover two. And it was really easy to see what coverage they were running for most of the day. And if I can do it sitting up at the stands, then I'm sure a quarterback like Mac Jones will be able to do it from the field. I want to see them run a little more disguise. I want to see them send a little more pressure. I want to see them do some things that aren't expected to try and confuse a young quarterback and make some, you know, create some turnovers. Let's beat the Patriots at their own game. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well guys, let's finish this off with some score predictions for the Patriots game. Uh, I'll go ahead and start. I'm going to say 17, 14 Patriots. I'm hoping to be a jinx, but I'm worried about the offensive lines issues and protection. I'm worried about their ability to pick up stunts and twists because I quite honestly just think it's because McGovern and Greg Van Roden aren't good and it's going to be a problem uh, in the future and hopefully not for the whole season, but at least for the foreseeable future. Again, I'm hoping to be a jinx, but 17, 14 Patriots. Uh, all right. I'm going to go 16, 13 Patriots. Uh, I think it's going to be a battle to keep the Patriots out of the end zone. Uh, and I think we're going to do a good job of it. Uh, they'll, they'll probably get a bunch of field goals, uh, but in the end, it's all up to our offensive line. Will they be able to keep Zach's uh, upright and productive? And I don't know if they're going to. Until they prove they can, I'm going to assume they can't. There's no way on earth that Robert Dallas and Zach Wilson first game 
at MetLife Stadium will be a loss. The Jets will win the game 23-17. Wilson for a couple touchdowns. Elijah Morris scored his first career touchdown. We're going to see a Tyler Croft touchdown. And the defense is going to shut down Mac Jones in the second half. The Jets will kick three field goals. Amendola will be the team MVP with three field goals and a billion of punts into the Patriots on five. And they're going to win the game. 23-17. All right. Well, there we have it. We got two Patriots wins and Vitor is the lone optimist. The Jets win. Uh, hopefully we will be back next week to recap a win and not recap another loss. But in the meantime, this has been the Oklahoma drill podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am your host, Andrew. You can find me at Andrew golden underscore 17 guys. You know, the drill, Matt, you can find me at Zazzy Jets, and I'm Vitor and you can find me at Vitor Paiva M. As always, it's at OKD Podcast on Twitter. Thank you guys again for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye-bye.